I want to add my greeting, my welcome to you this morning. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are in our mini-series. Right now, last week, Pastor Jeff talked about uh, launching our vision again. Just as we take a look at this next season of ministry, we like to focus in on what God, we feel, we sense, we hear what God is calling us to as a church. And so the two words that carry that message is open doors. So for the next three messages, including today, so today and two, two more messages, we want to break that up a little bit, and we're going to set a bit of a little bit of time this morning and do a little bit of a preamble about the framework that we are working within for open doors. Because this framework that many of you have heard about already, we're using the words up, in, and out. This framework is how we're actually shaping our ministry as a church. It's how we staff for that ministry at our church. And it's really, we hope, what's going to give us kind of a purpose in each of our own individual's journey with Jesus in our discipleship with him, up, in, and out. So, so at some point in our lives, each one of us, as I said last Sunday evening, we come to the point where we've wrestled through the claims of Jesus. For sure, those of us in, our, in this room, many of us have already done that work. Some of us are in the middle of doing that work where we're taking a look at the claims that Jesus made in, in the Gospels, particularly the claims about the Messiah in the Old Testament. And then, of course, the Gospel writers who were his followers uh, wrote down what he said about himself. And so we, we wrestle through that as a people. Some of us who grew up in the church, we have kind of just received that, and we haven't actually even done the wrestling. We haven't even actually taken a look and said, do I believe this? Is this something I believe? Or is this just something I've accepted? Is this something I've just walked into, I was raised into? And so I would encourage all of us. So we've been privileged to grow up in the church, but maybe names and say, is this, is, what's the historicity of this? Is there a variety of good reason to believe it is? But have you done that work? The, the, some of us who do with an adult mind and you're, you're hearing these claims and you're wrestling them. Get to that place. Our faith is at a deeper place once we've done the wrestling. What Jesus said about himself is true or we reject it as we believe that what Jesus claimed about himself is true. The ramifications of what Jesus claimed about himself, I'm telling you, these are audacious savior of the world. If we choose to believe that, if we enter into that, we say that affects our very lives. It's going to affect all that we do, all that we see, all that we say. Master. And we are now his followers. We're the apprentices. You can think in terms of master, apprentice. In there. Some of you are plumbers, potentially, and, and you had to do your apprenticeship, and you're learning everything that the master is like an apprentice, but a disciple is an apprentice in all of life. Not saying, I want to, my whole life to now come into alignment with Jesus. That we want our lives to pattern after our... And so, as we take his teachings, they become the foundation, the foundation that we build our life upon. And so we, we in Jesus' life. And, and Cornerstone, before I came on staff, they saw this pattern. Green, who just simplified it into three words up, in, and out. Now those are the words that we're using. Shorts, how to live. There's three 
circles of life in and out. So now we use that language, and we see it most clearly in Luke chapter 6. So I'm going to it called, it's a chair Bible now. You can take out your chair Bible, there's a black book. Turn to page 914. See this pattern most clearly emerge right together in one chunk. It works in order up in and out. So again, I just want to give you this. And the questions that we have is how can we be a church of open doors? And there's three ways. We want to be a church of open doors to, of open doors, that we would open doors to one another. What does that look like? That's going to be next of this church or the doors of this church, not the building, but the doors of Jesus' life and the way he patterned it. Let's take a look. Chapter 6, verse 12, to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. This was not an isolated event. If you just flip back one page to chapter 5, verse 6, often withdrew to the wilderness to spend time with the Father. So this was something he did regular prayer. He spends all night. And this is the up. For Jesus, prayer that, that is only about checking something off your list. This was about, spoke at God, but he was listening to God. This is where he got all of We see in that... In the New Testament, it refers to Jesus as the exact representative that the Father didn't tell him to say. That Jesus did nothing that happens by spending time, relational time. And so let's move on. So that's the up. He communed with his Father. And then reading on 13 to 16, with a bunch of disciples. And out of them, he chose 12 of them, who he named, and Bartholomew, Matthew, and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the so then straight out of the time with his father, he gathers his disciples. There was a lot of disciples. We know that some of the disciples uh, together, and he starts choosing a small group out of them. It's basically time of being with the Heavenly Father. So up and then in. becomes Leadership Development 101. He's going to pour into these 12 guys. They're going to travel together. And so this becomes a real intimate group of, of guys... And it gives us a picture, actually, that following Jesus is just a solo endeavor. Following Jesus, it's important that we have people around. And then directly after that, in verse 17, we see after coming down people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of clean spirits were made well. The whole crowd was trying to touch him because this pattern up in, and as he gathered those disciples, the first thing for their neighbors to begin to care for the marginalized the hurting the broken and so that's the up and the in and the out and we see it very clearly here introduction before the introduction that was the preamble and so in songwriting so i apologize if i've bored you now but i want to set up this framework of up and following will be out so today when we start with up we don't start with the other two we start the same way Jesus did, and that forms everything else about our lives. We want to be a church with open doors. And so we want to dive in this morning. What does that look like? What does it look like foremost? Let's pray together. ...of your word we have on the pages. Humans have preserved it and worked hard to translate it. Uh, and yet we know... Lord, we ask for your help this morning. We know that your word is lit. And so we ask that you'd empower this, that you would teach us, that we might 
Lord, we want to be a church of open doors. And first and foremost, we want to center that we would be taking our cue from you. And so we add. So when we start with even see more clearly who we are in light of who God is, and so we clearly, God, we get a fresh vision for life. Why do we need to know God? There's a lot of people to me. I'm spending my life on this stuff. But they would say, it doesn't seem like a very... To that, I want to read for us a, a quote by J.I. Packer. It's, it's the most practical project anyone can engage in. Knowing about God, Amazonian tribesmen to fly him to London, put him down without explanation in Trafalgar Square, and so we are cruel to ourselves if we try to live in this world without knowing the God painful place and life in it a disappointing and unpleasant self to stumble and blunder through life blindfolded as it were with no sense of your life and lose your soul. So that we can actually understand what life's about. So he starts us right with reality. He gives us new clarity, open doors to God. So I want to look at two passages of Scripture, one in the Old Testament, to be a people who opens their doors to God. So firstly, with a knowledge of God, let's turn to Psalm 24 in your Bibles. That's page 483. So page 483. And this is a beautiful psalm. Probably was sung, scholars imagine, as they were processing, they were walking up. On the way there, they're already starting to sing songs. And this is one of the songs they sing as they're now and would dwell. And so they're in, there's this great anticipation. So let's read song picture. And, and right away we notice that it starts with who belong to the Lord. For he has laid its foundation on the seas and established is. We, we better, the psalmist is like, we better understand who this God is, the creator God. He, his sovereignty, his ownership, the start, it's all his in the end. His power, start with a sense of awe with who God is, the king. The greatness of this God we are opening doors for. Text. Then we see the psalmist, he moves on in verse 3. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who this God is. This is always the movement we, we, this, there's this fancy word, repentance. That is first, and then we begin to change our mind about who we are because of who God is. It's so great, this creator God. Who can even approach him? Who, who has not appealed to what is false and who has not sworn deceitfully? Such is the generation of those who inquire of him, who seek the face. We go from who God is compared to who we are. God is creator of it all. And so in light of that, the psalmist asks, who then can even stand in his... And then he goes on to answer that. So God experience a holy awe about who he is. And that changes. God deserves our utmost respect, our humble reverence. And that deserves our humble reverence. So clean hands, now we get into clean hands. Clean hands is a metaphor for somebody whose intentions are about not having blood on your hands. That's what the Old Testament right there, the Hebrew, is you have clean hands. But really, it, what it extends to is that you're a person with pure motive, a pure heart. The heart there was, was all about the will and pure. That your actions are pure, your intentions are pure. Another translation is quite different. 
it says, who's not lifted, they've not lifted their soul, which is a figure of speech, not lifted their soul to what it means, lifting your soul, there's this, it's this phrase, idea of our appetites, that our appetites, the presence of God who opened the doors for him, are people whose appetites, but there are other empty things that we have appetites for in our lives. First and foremost, that, that our appetites for the things of and for meeting with him. And then we move on, of course, lives on Sunday morning aren't different than their lives the rest of the week. That there's not a disconnect. The type of people who are honest people. They're not to get a picture of who we're supposed to be. And so to be a church of open doors to God, we have to be a seriously enough that we take his greatness and his holiness so seriously that it begins to affect people that begin to look like him. Next comes, couldn't get it out of my head. I, just, I love this. So you can, you can imagine again, this is a worship song. And now gates rise up, you ancient doors, and the king of glory will come in. And then the worship leader says, be in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient door of glory. The Lord of armies, he is the king of glory. It the doors, it personifies the gates, but the imagery of lifting one's head of this coming king. It's this picture of eager ex in worship together, and they have eager expectation that the, the king is going to, that the promise that the king is coming will come true. King of glory. To be honest with you, sometimes, even myself, I arrive about the sermon. I want to hear a good message preached. And those aren't bad things. Good. We did a lot of letter writing, actually. You know, I was a hopeless romantic. I was like, ugh, that is... And you know, I'm sure she had planned a surprise visit, and there I was, poring over her letters. They were precious. Together physically, you get to know each other in deeper ways sometimes, right? Because you're not always just making out. You're, you're reading about the person, or you're talking on the phone. And, and so, can you imagine if she, because they tell me about who she is, and there's a quiet knock on the door, but I am so busy, and hear it. And I've missed the opportunity. Yes. But if we miss the presence of the living God, this is Jesus. So what are the presence of the living God to come among us? To be expectant to meet with the living God. Here's what Azer says. For it is not mere... And unless and until the hearers find God... The Bible is not an end in itself, but a means to bring men to it, that they may enter into him and they may delight in God himself in the core and center of their hearts. To hunger for truth. It's good. But do we hunger for the author author of that truth? So, king of glory. King of glory. And so, this is... That means we're his subjects. That means his edicts we pay attention to. So there's authority here. We submit to his way. King of glory. Glory is a strange word. It's an odd word. I don't is. But glory is is a few things. Glory is glory is the unbounding beauty. Like when you stand at the edge of a grant 
of the beauty of God. And so glory, that's what glory is. There's this, this kavod, and it means the weightiness or the heaviness. It's heavy. Not like he hasn't gone running for a while of his presence. Weightiness. Kevin, when he preaches, there's a weight to, wow, what he said really carried weight. That's Kent. Do we come to our Sunday gatherings, our worship times with eager ex? Who is this King of Glory? Who is this King of Glory? And these people are waiting for the mighty warrior to return. He's won the battle. He's won. He's won to come back in victory. That's the picture that we have here. They know that he's won. They're ready to celebrate this celebration. And I think this is a word for some of us this morning. For some of some of you, feel like life has been a battle. There's been nothing but a battle. Some of you feel like your own inner personal demons. Some of you battle addiction past. You seem like you can never get past that. You carry it everywhere you go. Physical health. You've been battling chronic pain. Some of you battle illness. This is a word for us this morning. Lift up your heads. Alone. I want to say that. Maybe you battle anxiety, you battle fear, you battle depression for you. And even though you may feel like it might be the rest of your life that, you, that the war is won, you might be battling it right now, but I want you to battle will be over. There's this beautiful picture. In the, that's the king of glory. The war is won. The war has been won. It's to God is to be a people who understands that we have a God who fights for us. And so give it to him again. So we do that right now. Lord, for those of us who feel like we're battling alone, I ask that you would reveal that they would be able to lift their heads with hope because you have won the war. That they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's a hope beyond compare coming. Strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Amen. God wants more than that. A couple weeks ago, Pastor... Uh, a week and a half ago was my wife's birthday, and uh, life is in the office. And I'm like, guys, you're fresh into it. You got some romantic ideas. It's true. It's a true story. I'm just being honest. And to be honest with you, there was kind of a of disappointment. <laughs> and they looked at me and they said, they said something that you know they love. You know all about her. You don't just know about. Good advice. Good advice. There's a difference between knowing this transition happens into the New Testament. I want to move to 3, verse 15. Again, we're focusing in here on what... So that's 1,091, 1091 in your, in your chair Bible. Opportunity to open it. That it's our responsibility to open. Again, in Psalm 24, open the doors. We need to open, swing wide these gates. And now here in the New Testament, it was quite wealthy named... Uh, I mean, we say in English, Laodicea. But here is an opportunity where now it's the church's... 3.15 I know your works, that you're cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. ...of my mouth. For you say, I'm rich. I have become well... ...blind and naked. That's a harsh word. This church has allowed their wealth... To blind them to their need. They've a two-dimensional church. 
They become an in and an out church. They've forgotten about the up is challenging them on that. All of the time. And I get half a cup of coffee that's just gross and cack, which is even grosser, or it goes down the drain. And this is kind of what Jesus is saying. Cotton about God altogether is unpalatable. Vomit, uh, other translations say spit. I mean, to be honest, I not say from the front, but I, I do real-life spit takes sometimes. So when I've just taken a sip of a beverage, he cracks some kind of funny joke, not on purpose, and my coach was sitting across from me, and my brother, just as I took a sip of my beverage, that's the picture just that he's like spewing it out. And this is not... Be- what's, unpa- what's so unpalatable to, to Jesus about this church? They've forgotten their need. They, they think they don't need anything. They don't recognize palatable to God that, that he's going to vomit. What does that mean? So as many I love... Okay, so this was harsh, but Jesus is saying, listen... But be zealous and repent. There's, there's that word, repent. Repent is to change our mind about... And then our behavior will follow it. Once we change our mind about those things, our behavior will begin to... This is a letter to the whole... And opens the door. I will come in to eat with him. Be personal. If any one of you, if any one of you hear the knock... Is this invitation to dinner. This is not like, hey, let's grab a lunch this week. This is like that. Jesus is inviting into personal relationship. This is now not just about knowing of Jesus. He wants to, to be. Tony Campolo recounts a story when a member of a delegation of Russian American youth in his youth group. And they said, since they were Christians, I my country. This is a real issue that speaks to one of the main issues in our North American church of God. And yet, there's hope. Or he's ready, and he wants to come in. Jesus to God personally, and so if we're to be a people of open doors, we are to be a people who are not so self-sufficient that we have forgotten about the presence of God. All for is the presence of God. is how is the medium of how we meet with him, but are we coming ex- with him? I love this. The Bible says, you know, in Psalm 24, it says, who can stand in his presence? Like, what one of us can do that? And then Jesus very clearly says, ask, and the door will be open to you. Knock, and the door will be open to you. And so this morning, I invite you to put your faith in him today. God, things start to fall into line. Reality begins to make sense. If you feel like your life is not together, you do not need to leave that at the door. You can... I want my life to make sense. We want to be a church who's zealous and seeks the Lord above all else. Who are so ready to fling wide the gates, to throw open the doors metaphorically, that we anticipate your presence, that we long to meet with you, like Jesus' time of meeting with you, not just a long list of what we want from you, but Lord, that we would be yours for us in this culture. God, we want to take our cue with you.
God, would you call us back to that even this morning? Would you call us back maybe for a really long time? We don't even know how to do that. Would you be our lives on your teaching? We begin to see again what it looks like to have a close relationship. Jesus, you close the gap that we were lost in our own sins, separated from your Father. And you made it because of that we can enter the throne room of God with confidence. Into a time of musical worship, may our hearts be drawn towards you. That we would have a reverence of your majesty and your magnificence. And at the very same draw near. And so Jesus, we open the door to you. We want to be in. We pray this for your glory. Amen. Feet in the lobby. And so I encourage you, uh, if you're a parent of a child, a few moments.